Praise the Lord. Bow the knee. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. I realize that uh, theology teaches us that in the Bible, what I mean by that, the Bible, I don't mean to make this uh, just about a theological thing, but it's certainly the truth that uh, no one comes unto the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. It's not religious activity that saves us. It's the Son that saves us. That is the Son of God. Uh, but we do know that the Bible teaches us that whether saved or unsaved, there will come a time uh, when every knee sh uh, shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. You know, I was thinking about this one time. We understand that we get saved on this side of eternity, right? In other words, we don't just die and then kind of hope things work out. Uh, we have to make that decision now. Um, and in that, we understand that those that do not trust Christ as their Savior, in other words, those that do not believe before they die, uh, certainly will not make heaven their home. And uh, we know that all unbelievers will uh, spend eternity in the lake of fire. But theologically speaking, I said all that to say this, there will come a time when there will be no unbelievers. Everybody will believe. Um, and uh, that's... Uh, that's good if you're saved, right? Uh, but if you're not saved, that's kind of terrifying to think about. And uh, I say this from time to time, and it's certainly true, and we'll get into the book of Nehemiah chapter 6. Uh, but heaven and hell, I mean, that's the most, that's the serious as, that's the serious as you can get right there, isn't it? I mean, there isn't anything, uh, any subject that mortal man could ever talk about than the subject of heaven and hell that's more serious, Amen. Nothing even comes close and because uh, we're talking about our eternity. So praise the Lord for that song, a great reminder. And so Nehemiah chapter 6, Nehemiah chapter 6. And we've kind of been taking a little bit of a different approach on Sunday nights and uh, kind of taking this kind of really as more of a Bible lesson. But certainly, hopefully, there's some preaching in it as well. Uh, typically, I'd have you stand and we'd read some scripture and then I'd preach. But the last several Sunday nights, we've been going through the book of Nehemiah chapter by chapter. We're in chapter 6. This will be the sixth uh, message on this. And uh, we're going to be talking, we've talked about several different things. Most of us know uh, the context here. Nehemiah, a governor in Judah, uh, Jerusalem, and uh, has been commissioned by the Persian government to go and build the wall around Jerusalem. We've talked about a great deal of things. and hopefully made some uh, application that we can uh, use uh, today. And certainly it's a wonderful book when we think about not just church revival, but only just also our own personal revival in our life. I've made mention that, man, I'd love to see uh, any church. I'd love to see Central Calvary Baptist have revival. Amen. <laughs> and... Uh, but uh, as I've been saying, revival starts with each individual, and, and I believe that an individual can have revival even when nobody else is. And, and uh, so I just want to encourage you with that, and hopefully we'll see this as a church family, but also individually. And tonight we're talking about personal attack. Nehemiah is going to be attacked personally. We've, we've uh, already seen the surrounding people, that is the enemies of God and of the Jews at that time. They did not, wa did not want this wall being rebuilt around the city of Jerusalem at all. And uh, so they, if you remember, they first attacked from the outside and basically just trying to discourage, disrupt the work. And we've uh, spent a couple of lessons looking at that. We know that didn't work. Then last week we talked about how the enemy will try to use internal strife and, and by doing so, by stirring up uh, the folks within, and we took a look at this from a, a church uh, body 
uh, look as well, but to just stir people up, in other words, to, to destroy the unity, if you will. Uh, and just like the first attack, though, God used Nehemiah uh, with uh, great wisdom and discernment uh, to stay off those attacks and really handled that uh, quite quickly. And so the enemy, you know, the enemy never lets up, amen? The enemy will never, will never draw back. He'll never stop doing anything. And uh, all right, so let's get settled over there, kids. Everybody in the church is looking at you instead of me, and I don't like that. I'm jealous, okay? And uh, so let's get settled. Everybody got your Bible? Hold your Bible up. All right, all right. See, if you don't want attention, then don't draw attention to yourself, all right? So hold your Bibles up. Everybody got a Bible? Nehemiah chapter 6, you got all that? All right, all right, so let's get settled here. And so Nehemiah chapter 6, we're talking about uh, personal attack. Uh, and so the enemy's tried all these different things, and now the enemy will set its sights on Nehemiah personally. Um, and the enemy knew that these other things weren't working, but if they could destroy him, uh, the governor of Judah, if you will, the one that was leading this, this work, that if they could destroy him, undermine him, then the project would probably fall. And so again, the devil never lets up. And we know by this time, in our next lesson, I'm going to be gone for a couple of Wednesdays, when we come back, we will uh, get into chapter 7 and the completion of the wall. But even by chapter 6, the wall, really the wall itself is complete, but the gates haven't been set up and those types of things. So the project is nearly complete, and uh, Nehemiah and the people, through the power of God, they were accomplishing the impossible, doing exactly and really even more than their accusers said they ever would. Remember, they laughed at them when they first started this project, and God was certainly showing that wasn't right. So now they, they come after Nehemiah personally. Uh, and we've understood the reasons for that. They didn't want the Jews setting things up. There were some crooked people there that were making money off of this and so forth. We've talked about that. But we're going to look at three different ways, uh, particular ways they tried to destroy Nehemiah. And these are things that we may even face in our own personal life, we may even face as a church family. But really what they were trying to do, they were trying to bring in question the integrity, the character, the loyalty, uh, the, the, more, more than that, probably the motives uh, of Nehemiah. They knew that if they could get uh, doubt casted on that, that that would really hinder the work. And it wasn't just that they were, when I say they were trying to destroy him, it wasn't just the reputation. I mean, we're going to see here that they would actually like to kill him. I mean, they were wanting to see this guy dead. They hated him so bad, and that certainly they would have done that if given the chance. Now, before we get into the message, I always want you to understand things, and I just want to make a clarification here as your pastor. Um, I realize that pastors uh, make decisions, do things sometimes that, that uh, others disagree with. So I want you to understand that, that we're not talking about having a disagreement, okay? Uh, in other words, there's people that I love dearly uh, in the ministry over the years that have disagreed with something, and that's fine. So that's not what this says. In other words, I'm not saying because you disagree with, with a pastor or a leader that you don't love him. That, this, this isn't what we're talking about here. This is somebody that truly... This was a group of people that hated Nehemiah, and they, they would lie, they would cheat, they would scheme, they would do anything they could to destroy him. So again, a disagreement uh, is different than personally attacking someone's character motive. So I just I want you to understand that. So this is about someone 
some people, group of people, if you will, that hated another person, that is Nehemiah, and they were so bitter towards them, uh, there was no limit to how uh, they, and how low that is that they would stoop in order to, to get their way. And uh, so, so disagreements certainly, you know, should never turn into that. Now, if we're not careful, those disagreements can turn into that. We don't ever want that to happen. Uh, it can turn into being bitter or, 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 you know, unforgiving towards someone. And we know we all have emotions tonight, amen? I mean, we're emotional people. And uh, sometimes our emotions, uh, you know, aren't off too bad. But let's be honest, most of the times our emotions are way off, right? I mean, you know, we, we need to be careful with emotions, our actions. And certainly if we don't keep those in check, even in a disagreement, uh, it can result in beginning to personally attack someone. Now, now you're, not, you're not doing what you ought to be doing. And so disagreement should never turn into slandering and judging others' motives and dragging individuals' name through the mud, those types of things. And this is exactly what Nehemiah, in a personal way, he'd be personally attacked. And I want to look at three ways that the enemy attacked Nehemiah personally. So we'll jump right into this. Uh, number one, Nehemiah first, it, it kind of it starts off uh, a little underhandedly. In other words, the enemy uh, trying to get Nehemiah, first of all, to make friends with them. And so number one, Nehemiah is invited to make friends with the world. And the world's still doing this today. Look at verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah uh, and uh, uh, Geshem, uh, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, we've heard these names already before, heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, so they got it connected, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Uh, that Sanballat uh, and Geshem uh, sent, I think that's Geshem actually, Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plains of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And what he means there, they, they were trying to get him out of the city and assassinate him. Uh, and so, and I sent messengers unto them saying, this is a great verse by the way, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? In verse 4, yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. And so here we have Nehemiah, he's actually being invited. In other words, they're trying to make this sound like a friendly conversation. Now remember, they've attacked him, they've tried to undermine him. I mean, they've done everything. Now all of a sudden it's like, hey, okay, let's, let's just talk here a little bit. You know, just come on out here and let's talk a little. And so Nehemiah really being tempted uh, to, to compromise with the enemies of God, that is with unbelievers, if you will, and we've heard these sayings before. These are uh, man-made proverbs, you know, when, when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans. And uh, if you can't beat them, you know, join them, you know. We, we hear those types of things. But certainly this is different. And, and, and usually what, it, what, what, usually what happens when, when leaders are, are tempted, in other words, the enemy doesn't see that way. They, they don't say, well, if we can't beat them, let's join them. What they say is, well, if we can't beat them, let's get them to join us, you see. Uh, and so they'll, they'll try different things. And in the world system, we know the prince of this world is Satan. He's a master at that. And we see a lot of these things uh, going on in our world today. I've, I've hit on those things. I won't go there tonight, but I believe you could see that. And so the enemy desires for us tonight to destroy us 
really by being friendly, if you will, towards us. In other words, hey, we can compromise. Hey, we, you, you know, hey, you can believe what you want to believe. You can do this, and, and, and we can still you know, get along and those types of things. And In other words, they want to make it seem like that, that they want things to work out. And here they was doing this with Nehemiah. Oh, come on out. Let's, let's talk about this. And, and, of course, Nehemiah, he very wise and uh, realized immediately there was a trap to, to lure him away. And I believe not just do him harm, mischief, but to kill him. Uh, and... Uh, you know, no doubt, if, if, if they had been sincere, uh, first of all, they would have come to Jerusalem to do it. You know, I mean, he's, he's thinking here, now, why, why would you want me to come to you? I mean, you know where we're at. Why don't you come to me? And so certainly he was wise in, uh, in, in thinking that. Uh, but that's what the world will do. Uh, the world will make things seem okay and, and uh, that it's okay to rub shoulders and, uh, and, and, and compromise some things. You know, well, that's not that bad. Uh, you know, hey, the world, you know, hey, I know, I know, you know, I know we, we may not believe the same, those types of things. What I mean by that is, you know, worldly thinking things. And, uh, you know, hey, you, the world can be your friend. You know, we wonder why uh, children that grow up in church their whole lives and and they go off to particularly a secular college or, or, or some area, and about a year or so, you know, they're far from God. You know, what, how does that happen? Well, they, they think that, hey, you know, the world really isn't that bad. They're, they're not really against me, you know. Uh, and we see that a lot uh, throughout life, and, uh, and, it, and it's terrible to see, but a lot of that is happening going on. Um, that is until till one day we know that the world will gobble you up, right? You know, the, hey, the world doesn't like us. The world certainly doesn't like believers, amen, and certainly wants to destroy the believer. Uh, and so again, this was something that Nehemiah recognized uh, literally here. I said earlier, the enemy is relentless. You know, the enemy, man, there's no, there's no level of, of, of low that the enemy won't stoop to. Listen to me to destroy you and your family. And when I say destroy, I mean in many different ways, but even kill your family. Because our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, the Bible says. Amen? Seek him whom he may devour. Uh, and so again, it's, it's uh, something that we need to be aware of. And the enemy uh, is relentless. We saw there that they, they tried this no less than four times. So they, they keep after this. And just imagine, think about this, if, if the effect that if, if Nehemiah had, had obliged to this, the effect that it would have had on the people and the work. In other words, here's this man, he's, he's been through all these things, now all of a sudden he's kind of given in, and certainly those that were on the wall and trying to work, certainly they would have had, you know, boy, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's not all he says he is. You know, uh, I'm, beginning to, I'm beginning to worry about his integrity here a little bit. They would have uh, certainly, a lot of things about Nehemiah would have, would have come into question, amen? And rightfully so. And I'm just telling you, you may not be the governor of Jerusalem. You may not have a, a huge area rule, but we all have some kind of area rule tonight. What I mean by that is we all are influencing somebody in some way tonight. Amen? Now, you say, well, I don't want to. Well, it don't matter. You are. And you're either influencing them with the things of God or you're not. And so you're going to influence them. Hopefully, we want to influence them with the right things. And when it comes to the world and, and the influence of the world, I just simply want to say, don't do that. Amen. Don't, don't do that. 
That's important. Uh, compromising uh, with the wicked. Now, y'all understand what I'm talking about. I, hey, we got to win the world. We, we, we ought to love the world because God loves the world. He loved him so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is not allowing this world to evangelize us. We're to evangelize the world. So don't do that. Don't compromise with the wicked. Because when you do, it will ruin your testimony. Amen. Uh, and we, we've seen it, uh, many great men and women of God that have been destroyed and, 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 and even many that we may even know personally and it all began with compromising with the world because they were invited, uh, uh, they accepted the invitation, if you will, to make friends with the world. But praise be to God, that didn't work with Nehemiah. <laughs> He's now nah, I ain't doing that. Uh, uh, but the enemy certainly had kept trying because... Uh, again, uh, they, they were getting worried by this time. Hey, the wall's up. He's fixing to hang the gates. And uh, they, they, were, they were pouring it on here. They were afraid. And, of course, they were afraid. Uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, when people think the worst of you, it's because that's how they think, and that's how they do things. So they automatically think that you're just as crooked as them. And so they felt like the Jews were up to no good, that they were going to fortify themselves and, and cause them problems, and that was going to get in their pocket. You know, that was, going to, that was going to hurt their money. And so they were afraid of all these things, that they were going to become too strong. Uh, and again, they, as we'll see here, they felt like Nehemiah was probably like him. Now, he can't be all this great a guy. He's only doing this for personal gain and power himself. You know? So they kind of felt justified in what they were doing. And as I said a while ago, I found that out over the years. You know, those who question another's motives and conscience, in other words, always think the worst of other people, they're often the ones whose motives and conscience are really the real issue. I mean, they're the ones that are really crooked. They think everybody else is crooked. And I believe we live in that world today. And certainly the worldly thinking individual, uh, they have a selfish, uh, self-centered attitude, and, and they think everybody else does too. But we know that Nehemiah didn't. And we know there's great men and women of God uh, today that, that are the same way. So, number one there, uh, the attack came when Nehemiah was invited to make friends with the world. Uh, he resisted that. So that didn't work. So now Nehemiah's name is, is slandered. And uh, look there at verse 5 with me, if you will. Then Sanballat, his servant, uh, uh, unto me uh, in like manner the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, then uh, sent Sanballat, that is, uh, his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time. So he invited him fourth time to come and meet him. Hey, come on out, let's talk about it. And now he sends this, this open letter in hand, and, and we're going to see that this wasn't a nice letter. This was a threat. Uh, but I want to pause here at verse 1. That open letter means that it was unsealed. And you say, well, what's, what's the significance uh, you know, of, of that? In other words... Uh, what do you mean an open letter? Well, a lot of times in these days, letters would be sealed, um, and then uh, that meant that nobody could open it, you know, except for what it was intended to. But this was an open letter. In other words, it wasn't sealed. And there was a reason behind that. In other words, they put it all over Facebook. That's, that's what they were doing. <laughs> you know, they wanted it out there. They wanted everybody to see it and read it and hear it. They wanted, hey, listen, they were, they were coming after Nehemiah. Hey, this man isn't all he says he is. 
Uh, and so the rumor would spread, and, and they would get it out as many people as possible, and, and uh, uh, someone would read it, and, and, and it would be passed along, and, and in a short time, you know, all these lies, you know, would begin to spread. You know, there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, the same things are going on today. So we see there in verse 6, wherein was written, so here's what this uh, open letter said, wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, uh, that uh, Gash, uh, Gashmu, now I don't know why, but Gashmu is uh, 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 Gisham, same, same guy. I don't know why they use this name here, but that's what they tell us. So it's really Gisham, saith it, uh, that thou and the Jews think to rebel. So he's trying to get all the surrounding areas stirred up, uh, for which cause thou buildest the wall, uh, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. Hey, this is all about Nehemiah wanting power uh, and control. Verse 7, And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem. What he's saying here is you've, you've raised up a bunch of prophets, uh, yes men, that, that are, are telling everybody, telling that God has appointed you king, and, and uh, this is all a farce, saying there is a king in Judah. And now, and now shall it be reported to the king, that is the king of Persia, according to these words. Come now therefore, so I'm, I'm going to send this letter out. It's, it's going to get spread all over, the, all over the land, Judea. Eventually it's going to make its way back to King Artaxerxes. In other words, it's, it's going to make it back to the king of Persia. So he says, now that you know that, let us take counsel together. In other words, he's been challenged. He's been, no, no, just challenged. He's been, he's been threatened. And these are some pretty serious threats. And so the lie, again, is put out there. Nehemiah was basically plotting to rebel against Persia and make himself a king and appoint him prophets uh, uh, to gain support of the people, those types of things. And so what were they doing? Well, these were accusations that brought Nehemiah's motives for doing what he was doing under question, you see. And so, boy, if we could just get the people to think, hey, you know, Nehemiah, he's got all this wall going on. He's got these things going on. Hey, listen, he's not doing it for you. He's not doing it for Jerusalem. He's not doing it for God, Jehovah. He's doing it for himself. He's just trying to build him an empire. Y'all are fools for following him. Certainly that would be very discouraging. I'm sure that that was something that uh, bothered Nehemiah. But it wasn't true, obviously as they begin to doubt his motives. And uh, the enemy, you know, uh, it's funny because this is how the enemy works. All of a sudden, it's not about the wall. In other words, they're not focused on the wall anymore, although the wall is still their issue. <laughs> but they say, hey, let's take the issue off the wall right now and let's put it on Nehemiah, and we'll get the end result we're looking for. Woo! Boy, we could stop there and preach for a while, couldn't we, about some of the things going on in our country today? You know, you guys heard me say, you know, we just talk about all the hot ones. The health care ain't about health care. Amen. COVID wasn't about COVID. You know, whatever else we're going through right now is not what it's over. It's about control. Amen. And the enemy still works that way today. And the enemy will do that in a church body. He'll do it in your family. He'll do it in your personal life. He'll do it on the job. Whatever he can do to stir it up. And oftentimes you might find yourself at the end of the barrel. In other words, the one that is being attacked personally. And we don't, we, we want to, we certainly we don't want that to happen. And certainly Nehemiah 
handles these things, as we'll see here in just a moment, uh, biblically in the right way. But certainly we see these similar things. Uh, uh, you know, I've mentioned several different uh, areas of rule and institutions and uh, things like that. And certainly we've maybe, unfortunately, we've experienced things like this in churches uh, today. Uh, many times uh, a, a preacher's uh, uh, work uh, can't really be questioned. Uh, his, his message can't be questioned. Uh, his teaching can't be questioned. Uh, but, but boy, if we can, if we can get his motives, you see, you know, okay, you know, well, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's not really preaching wrong. He's, you know, uh, but I, I just don't like him. I just something, you know, so let, let's, you know, you know, let, let's begin to question his motives. And that happens a lot. And I've never felt that here. Praise the Lord. I, I don't see that ever happening here. We don't want that to happen. Right. And, and, uh, but a lot of times preachers, well, you know, Hey, they're just doing this, uh, you know, to benefit themselves, not for, for the good of the church, but for himself. And, and a lot of times that will happen, but it can happen in many different areas as well. But we see how Nehemiah responds um, verse 8, he says, Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest. This, this isn't true, but thou feignest, that is, you're falsely acting them out of thine own heart. In other words, you're, you've just come up with this stuff. For they, are all, for they all made us afraid. There it is. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Saying, uh, Their hands shall be weakened. From the work, so it, it wasn't. It wasn't about Nehemiah. It was still about the wall. Uh, from the work, that it be not done, and so he knows that. And then he he prays. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. I think it's amazing that he didn't really pray, Lord, take them away or strike them down. He said, Lord, just let me be strong. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, that's that's what we need. Amen. And, and really, that was. You know, the, the only thing that, that he could do was deny them, you know, reveal the enemy's tactics and sin, uh, because he knew this was about getting those who were supporting him to stop supporting him and, and, and believe those lies, spreading the slander and lies about him, is, you know, uh, just, you know, that he's, you know, he's, he's wanting to, to hurt people and destroy relationships and, and, and undermine things. And certainly those types of things can happen in our families and our churches and so forth. And we see there in verse 9, I brought your attention to it, uh, that, that uh, he prayed and Nehemiah asked God again to, to, strengthen, uh, to strengthen his hands. Amen. Amen. And why did he want his hands strengthened? So that that he wouldn't be attacked no more? No, that wasn't what he was talking about. He said, I want to just keep doing the work. I'm here to carry out this vision. I'm here to make this happen. I just want to stay on the wall and do what you've called me to do. Amen. That's a man, by the way. Amen. We need more men like that. I've mentioned before about preventive maintenance uh, prayer. In other words, oftentimes we don't fall on our knees and cry out to God until we're in the mess. You know, if we'd, if we'd do some praying earlier, we might not even go in the mess in the first place, right? You know, if you keep your car maintained, it'll keep running on you. Don't wait for it to break down, then start doing maintenance. You do the maintenance so it'll never break down. Amen. And same thing prayerfully speaking. But you know, there's also preventive maintenance in our testimony. You know, uh, what I mean by that, uh, no doubt... Nehemiah's unquestionable character and integrity, 
his work ethic did a lot of staying off these personal attacks. In other words, when these things happen, I can't help but think that those who knew him best said there's no way Nehemiah is that way. You see what I'm saying? In other words, he already had a, a strong testimony. Now listen to me. You know, this is why I say we need to be careful about our testimony, especially in the day of social media. And we get on there with our hot head and, and, and not even social media, but we, we, we get upset Hey, listen, and, and we begin to do or say questionable things. You understand what I'm saying? You, you've kind of tainted your testimony a little bit. Something comes along that you are completely innocent of, but people are going to say, well, you know, there was a time when, you know, they did say this. And how many times we thought, well, it doesn't surprise me. Heaven help us that we don't ever allow that to happen in our life. Amen. So there's preventive maintenance in our testimony, amen? Hey, listen, we, we ought to walk worthy unto the Lord, amen? Because we don't want these things coming back on us. Hey, listen, you ought to live your life that if somebody accused you of something, the first thing that would enter anybody's mind that knows you, they would say, no way, amen? That didn't know it was going to happen, but that's how we ought to live. Hey, you, hey, listen, you're telling me this, there is no way. But if there's some questionable things in my life, people might say, well, I don't think he did it. I don't, I don't believe he would, but, you know, he never can tell. Right? Amen. We need to be, the Bible says, above what? Reproach. Above reproach. So I think that's important. And so Nehemiah, I think, was a great uh, example of thing. Now, just think, if there have been some questionable things in Nehemiah's past, these, these attacks, even in this instance, may not have been true, but they would have probably worked to destroy Nehemiah. So protecting our testimony certainly is vital for being able to hand future attacks properly. And as I said a while ago, hey, listen, anybody in here that wants to do something great for God, get ready, the attacks are going to happen, amen? So we need to have some of that preventive maintenance uh, concerning our testimony. So the enemy tried to get Nehemiah to make friends with them. That didn't work. Then they tried to slander his good name. That didn't work. And then finally, Nehemiah, we looked at this last week, talking about uh, internal strife. So Nehemiah finds himself in the company of what I'm going to call backstabbers. And we see there in verse 10... Uh, and it says afterwards, so after these things didn't work, afterward I came into the house of Shemaiah. Shemaiah was a priest. We're going to find out a, a not-so-nice man. Uh, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehethabil, who was shut up, and he's talking about in the sanctuary, or in the temple. <clears throat> so he's, he's locked in the temple. Um, he says, and he said, let us meet together. Now he's talking to Nehemiah. Let us meet, uh, I'm sorry, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Now, that right there ought to tell you there's a problem, right? And Nehemiah had no business being in the temple, right? Because he, he wasn't a Levite. And let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Oh, you better get in here and hide, Nehemiah. Woo, Nehemiah, they're after you. Come on in here. Oh, I'll take care of you. Yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. Verse 11, and I said, should I... Man, I love men. Hey, man. And he said, should such a man as I flee? <laughs> and who is there that being as I am 
would go into the temple to save his life. You know, what kind of, you know, uh, soft backbone man do you think I am? You think I'm going to run from this? Hey, man, well, we need this today, don't we? Praise the Lord. We need men to be men. Amen. I'm not going to run. I will not go in. But notice what he says. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him. Now notice what this backbiting lowlife was really doing. He I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me. In other words, he's saying, come on in and look who was behind it. Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Now, this is just, I mean, this is the low of all lows. And so, first of all, the enemy has infiltrated uh, the inside there again, and, and uh, they basically encouraging Nehemiah to be a coward and run away from the fight. Yeah. And so, Nehemiah is told by this friend, if you will, hey, just, just come on in the temple and... You know, God will understand, you know, we don't want you to be killed. But Nehemiah, again, he, he knows all about this. And uh, first of all, Shemaiah's advice went against Scripture. Nehemiah was not a priest. He wasn't allowed to do that. And here's the thing, you know, when people's hearts are not right towards you, they see nothing wrong with violating Scripture or anything else to get their way. I mean, they, they, man, there's nothing they won't do. And what made all this worse, as we learned last week, this was probably one of the hardest because it was attacked from the inside. The Levite even, and the Levite even. And it's heartbreaking, you know, to, to see those who profess Christ, whether they really do or not, I wouldn't know, but it's heartbreaking to see those who profess Christ, again, doing unbiblical things and even encouraging others, again, to do unbiblical things, all out of heart of bitterness and hatred. I want to hurt this person, and, and I don't care what i got to do to make it happen. And that's sad to see. It's also very evil. That's straight out of the pit of hell. That's not what godly people do. And so backstabbers, uh, you know, certainly are the friends of the world, and we're going to see here that they run in packs, <laughs> right? Verse 13, therefore was he hired, he's still talking about this, uh, this priest here, therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin. See, he was trying to get him to break uh, the, the law in this. In other words, he, he knew, Shemaiah knew that it was a sin, so he was going to bring him in, hide him, and then go tell everybody, hey, you know Nehemiah, he came in the temple, he's not supposed to do that. <laughs> and he was the one that tried to get him to do it. Oh, how sad. And so again, we found out there that uh, he was friends with uh, Sanballat and Tobiah, and uh, there again, 13, Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin, and that they might have a matter for an evil report that they might reproach me. That's what they did. They tried to do to Jesus Christ, remember? Tried to get him to say things. And then he prays, We're, We'll be done. My God, think upon thou, Tobiah and Sanballat, according to, their, to these their works, and on the prophetess uh, Nodiah, Noadiah, uh, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. So this was a gang. <laughs> I mean, this was, this was a group of supposedly religious people that were in on this. And uh, again, if Nehemiah had gone, gone into that holy place, uh, Shemaiah was ready to throw him under the bus. <laughs> 
you know, say, hey, come on in here, we'll shut you in, you'll be safe. And then he'd go out and tell everybody, hey, you know, he came in the temple, and certainly he could have been stoned for that. So this, this was some pretty bad things that were going on. But as I said a while, a while ago, <clears throat> these people run in packs, and we saw there the rest of the backstabbing bunch, the false prophets, and, and you know, again, you know, backstabbers, they don't work alone. They, they need others, you know. They need, a, they need a gang to help them in their dirty work, and, any other time, I've always noticed this too, that, that uh, uh, probably most of these people probably didn't even like each other, you know, on normal circumstance. In other words, they probably wouldn't have gave each other the time of day, but now they had a common cause. Now all of a sudden, yeah, we'll, we'll work together on this. Because we got one man that we all oppose. But Nehemiah, as we saw there, and has really, this is what he did on all these things as we've studied all the way uh, through uh, chapter 6, and we'll finish up the rest of the chapter next time I'm here on Wednesday. But Nehemiah stood fast in the Lord, amen? We saw there a couple different times. We've seen it throughout this study how he prayed, and he also stayed biblical. Amen. So many times we go through a hard time, we start doing unbiblical things. We start taking an unbiblical approach. You never want to do that. But most of all, listen now, he didn't go shut himself off somewhere and hide. He kept working. Amen. He kept working. I'm not coming down off the wall, he said. Not going to do that. We saw that there in verse 3. Uh, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Hey, listen, you may say, well, I'm not building a wall. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're saved tonight, whether you want to be or not, you're a soul winner. And there is no greater work than winning souls to Christ. God needs you working. Amen, amen, and amen. And a lot of these things that we've seen here keep a lot of Christians, a lot of people that love the Lord, off the wall. We need not let that happen, amen. We need not let that happen as a church family. We need not let that happen in our own personal life. Uh, and uh, listen, uh, once we you know, stand fast and we pray and we're biblical with our choices and we keep working, hey, the, even the backstabbers can't, can't overcome that, amen? And we praise the Lord for that. So in conclusion, you know, sometimes um, personal attacks, they come. And again, we may be tempted to become friends with the world, you know, to, to compromise, say, well, maybe I am being a little too, a little bit, you know, a little too... Uh, uh, narrow-minded about things. Hey, I'm just saying, you, hey, if you're being biblical, continue to be biblical. Um, we, we may be slandered. We, we might be, have lies told about us just for the sole purpose of hurting us. And then people who claim to be our friends, they may very well be against us. But like Nehemiah, we need to stay steadfast in the work. Amen. And it's not just a work, but it's the work of God. And we don't want to compromise. We, we want to be discerning. We want to pray. And we need to look to God and, and stay on the wall. Stay busy for Jesus. Amen. Don't, don't, let, don't let the enemy uh, defeat you and talk you out of something that God has not only told you to do, but promised that you can do these things. Amen. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And our pianist is going to come. If God's speaking to your heart tonight, you step out and come. I hope and pray we're all safe tonight. It wasn't necessarily a salvation message, but I did mention some things before the service. And if you're here tonight, you're not sure 
about salvation or really even understand that, we've got some folks here that would love to sit down and talk with you about that and open the Word of God and show you what uh, salvation is all about and how whosoever can accept Jesus Christ as their Savior tonight through faith, not through works, lest any man should boast, but through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here tonight, you are saved, but maybe you're struggling in some area of life. Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, the details of this message may not apply to your certain situation, but certainly there's some things we could all glean tonight and say, Lord, I need to do better in this area. Lord, I have been struggling. I have been letting things get me down when maybe they shouldn't. And Lord, I want to be on the wall. I want to be a servant for you. So the invitation's open. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the message tonight. Thank you for the word of God. I pray that folks would come, Lord. And Lord, certainly uh, those that may not know Christ as their Savior, they would come. And Father, we would love to sit down and share the gospel message with them. And Lord, that believer that might be struggling, uh, hurting in some way, Lord, maybe just going through a hard time, we pray that your altar will begin to fill even now as your people come to do business with you. Lord, as we think about this great man, and Father, uh, certainly a great leader, but also just a great man of God, and uh, Father, certainly a, a pattern by which we all need to try to follow and to understand that we all go through things. We all have things that we want to do and responsibilities and so forth. And Father, we just... Uh, you know, the events of the world in the last couple of years, Lord, I've been seeing a lot of folding. I've been seeing a lot of giving in. I've been seeing a lot of throwing in the towel. And God, help us not to be that way, but to know that we serve a risen Savior. Father, that we're on the winning side, and there's, there's souls that need to be saved, Lord. Father, that just for one lost soul, you shed your blood on the cross of Calvary. So, Father, help us to maintain that zeal, Father, that uh, desire to be faithful to you tonight. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. The